You're listening to the Elected Story Podcast, Season 4, Episode 37, The Myth of Buyer's Remorse. Today's story brought to you by Selby Studios, graphic imaging for family, home, and business. Now, here's America's storyteller, Jeff Gould. Thank you, Meredith. (laughs) I thought I'd get you with that title. Buyer's remorse. Oh, man. I should never have bought that, got that, ate that, invested in that. (laughs) Remember buying your first car? My youngest daughter was going to buy a used car and asked me for help. I said, okay, Uh, (laughs) but my batting percentage on used cars is about 60%. Maybe you should ask your boyfriend. Seriously, Run down the list of buying decisions you have made that were not good. Go ahead. Pause the podcast. I'll wait. (laughs) Is it 10? Is it 20? Who knows? Is it 50? Now, now take a mental walk through all the stuff you have and start counting that. How much stuff do you own? How many buying decisions does that represent? So let me tell you a little inside stuff that salespeople already know. Once you decide, once you go through the pain of having to make a buying decision, you never go back. It's too hard. You'll either have to hurt your pride by admitting you made a mistake, or you'll go, eh, it's good enough. And this is true with all kinds of decisions. Now think about this. Does your boss ever admit that they made a personnel mistake? No, no, they insist this person is every bit as good as the last person, even better. Now, that used to irritate me, but think about this. If you had a business and had to make hundreds of decisions as a boss or manager, you can't afford to go back and worry about each of those. I was talking to a friend of mine who went into business with a person who is probably a billionaire, and this is what most astonished him. The rate and speed of decisions. Now, this wealthy person simply did not have time to make long and lingering decisions, so they didn't. They'd sit and listen and make a gut decision. And what was most fascinating was that that decision was good enough. 70% of the time, they were right. Now, an unintended consequence of that was movement. Because they made quick decisions, it was quickly determined by other people in the group who the leader was. And because the leader was evident, there was less bickering, less arguing, less politics, less equivocating. And another fascinating outcome, they were very okay with those bad decisions. They'd go to a board meeting, make a quick decision, come back a couple of months later. Yeah, that wasn't a good decision. So let's make another one. See if we can improve too many bad decisions, and they would just sell the business at a loss. Find another one. No use crying over spilled milk, they'd say. We lost $5 million. Let's see if we can make $50 million. Isn't that interesting? So think about all the decisions that you have made, and now think about the big ones, the ones you haven't made yet, the ones that chase you around in the middle of the night, the big ones, the small ones, the ones that swim around inside your head, creating noise. 
Here is the takeaway. If you look at all the stuff that you have bought from clothing to cars, you realize you're batting about 70%, and that's good enough. You probably know what you're bad at buying. A friend of mine hates buying clothes, so she pays a friend to shop with her. Less mistakes, she says. You also realize that not making a decision is the decision that carries the most weight. Limbo is heavy. And you realize that even a bad decision can be fixed by making a better decision later. So, I'm not a billionaire, don't have the knack, don't have the interest, but I can still take a tip. Make decisions faster. Trust your gut. Lean in. A life filled with good and bad decisions is at the least very interesting. And from the personal experience of officiating at approximately 600 funerals, making bad decisions is not the biggest risk you will face. No, the biggest risk is no decision. A decision to wait, to think about, to play it safe, to do it someday, just not today. These lives have a particularly tragic quality, not about the life that was lived, but about the life not lived, of dreams that could have been but can no longer be. An emotion at the funeral is not of sadness or even anger, It's an emotion that is far more tragic because it is so unnecessary. It's the emotion of regret. Well, that's the story. Thank you for listening and rating and ranking the podcast. If you've liked what I've talked about today, I talk about it more in a speech called The Time Machine that people at your company, school, or gathering may like. Reach out to me through my website, ilikethatstory.net, ilikethatstory.net, or search my name on LinkedIn. Until that time, I'm Jeff Gould. God bless. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.